Hey everyone, welcome to the Landlord Association podcast. I'm your host, George Gao. This is a podcast by the landlords and for the landlords in the greater Houston area. We'll discuss tips, strategies, techniques to help our listeners to be more educated and ultimately become more successful rental property owners and investors. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 16. Today we have David Williams and David Hoke from Red Door Funding. Red Door Funding is a Houston-based hard money lender focused on helping real estate investors for more than a decade now, and they have done thousands of deals. We went over basics of what is hard money lender and also different products they offer for fixing flippers as well as buy and hold landlord investors. And they talked about what they look for in a successful deal in terms of estimated repair bids and how the ARV was calculated to really vet the deal before they invest. And lastly, they talked about why it's so important to build a team and maybe get a mentor of new investors. Hope you enjoy my conversation with David and David. Today we have David Williams and David Holt from Red Door Funding. Um, David and David, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Glad to be here. Great. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about how you, Red Door got started and uh, how you guys got into real estate in the first place? Okay, I'll take that one. Uh, I'm David Williams. Um, I'm the um, president of Red Door Funding, and we started it in 2007. Uh, my partner, Ricky Williams, uh, who owns a homebuster franchise, and I started this in 2007. Um and we were both kind of new to real estate. I mean, I was in the uh, supply business. Uh, he was kind of in the lending and manufacturing business. And uh, anyway, we, we uh, decided to start this thing in 07. And uh, so we've been here ever since. We've done thousands of loans. And uh, it's worked out really well for us. So that's uh, kind of how we got in. Um, uh, David, you want to? Yeah, I've been with uh, Red Door for about nine years now. So mm. started out, I had a mortgage background, uh, doing conventional loans uh, before I started with uh, Red Door. Okay. And then uh, started doing hard money. Um, I've been helping you know, investors, uh, you know, find deals and qualify deals and and uh, get deals done quickly. So. Yeah. Yeah. So for for listeners who are not familiar with the uh, hard money lending, what is hard money lending, and how's that how's that different from you know, somebody who buys a primary home and gets a you know, 20, 30 year mortgage. Sure, uh, hard, hard money lending, it was primarily for real estate investors. Um, and, and we're here to finance distressed property, property that's not financeable by a, you know, a conventional lending institution. And typically that's property that needs work um, or it needs a quick close, a very quick close because we don't have all the red tape that say a bank has. Um, and, and we're willing to take on the risk of financing something that needs work, and we also finance the repairs of, the, of those properties. So that's, uh, in a nutshell, why, why we're here, because we're kind of a specialized lender. Right. Um, from, um, but at the same time, from an investor standpoint, they still, you can, you can help them with uh, not only for the coming of the purchase price, but also for the uh, rehabs too. Um, but at the same time, does somebody still need to have capital requirements? Does it, do they still have, have good credit scores? Um, or do you guys look at only on the property, for the property, uh, how that's going to perform? Um, although we, we are an asset, these are asset-based loans. Mm-hmm. We, we do look at the borrower. We want to know who we're doing business with. Um, we're going to look at their credit. And we're going to look at their, their financials and their cash on hand. Um, and we're going to look at the property. And um, depending on what your goals are, is this rental property, then, then yes, you, you have to have good credit because you have to qualify for a permanent loan because mm-hmm. our loans are temporary loans mm-hmm. with a, a six-month term, um, and you've got to be out of our note, and you've got to refinance into a permanent note. So, yes, you have to have good credit, and you have to have the financials to qualify for that loan for not just our loan but the permanent loan. Uh, if it's a flip... Then, then it's a little bit different. We, we look at uh, cash on hand is big because cash cures a lot of problems. Um, but you have to have money to close. You have to have money to carry our note for nine months or so. Mm-hmm. You have to have money to get your project started because these contractors all want something mm-hmm. up front to at least purchase materials. But that's a minimum of 25% of the value of those repairs. So uh, for, for a flip, 
um, credit is not as important. It's always good to have good credit for us, mm-hmm. <laughs> someone that has good credit. Um, and the, but it's not a, a deal killer if you've got, you know, because er, everyone has had problems in their life and maybe their their credit's not where it should be or they're working on restoring it. Um, cash, experience, and the property. Um, yeah. We're going to look hard at the property and make sure that, you know, it's uh, something that can sell that we, we think will sell quickly. It's in a good neighborhood, mm-hmm. neighborhoods with low days on the market. It doesn't back up to some apartments or a commercial building or it's not on a busy street or it hasn't flooded three times. Um, we look at all these things and, and just make a, a it's kind of case by case, make a determination on whether we want to lend on it or not. Yeah. Um, but those cash and experience are really big for, for guys that are doing flips to us. Right. Guys that know what they're doing, know how to get them rehabbed, get them sold. And they've got the cash to, to weather any storms and any uh-ohs. So. Right. Yeah, I mean, being a flipper, it, one of the toughest parts to analyzing the deal, not only on the comps, but also, you know, on the estimating the rehabs and having experience goes a long way. And having your experience helping them, that their numbers really kind of... Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we're going to go out and inspect the property yeah. and make sure the repairs are in line with what they need to be in order to flip the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you're doing that by looking at the comps that have sold in the last six months and you want to, you know, emulate that kind of repair to, you know, if the days on the market are 30 days and you don't do a good enough rehab, but you may be on the market 90 days or, you know, and then that's going to be the storm you got to weather to keep paying that interest payment. Yeah. yeah. You, you always got to match the comps. If you know the comps, the house is, is, uh, really done nicely and it's got high-end finishes and, and uh, nice counters and wood floors and mm-hmm. know, not not uh, laminate floors and you know so you you gotta rehab your house to match what is sold recently right if that makes sense um, you don't want to go over you don't want to go under you want to match what has been successful in the very recent past and so we want to make sure that the, the guys repair budget that they give us is doing that Right. It's matching the comps and that they got enough money in there to do that, to do the repairs. Right. So we, we verify all that. And it, it's really a service to our, our customers because we're like a second set of eyes and uh, we're evaluating their deals and giving them our opinion. And we've done thousands of these. So, you know, yeah. we think that uh, we, can, we can help people make a decision because a lot of times people are on the fence. Right. Are they going to do this deal or not? They're in an option period and they can back out if, if it doesn't make sense to them. And, and so a lot of times they look to us for our opinion. Right. And um, and you guys don't fund every deal that come across your desk, right? I mean... We do not. Right. Some of our, you know, the repairs are just doesn't make sense. The, the, the comps are doesn't support the, the case. How many how many deals come across your desk, like on a week or a day basis? Um, um, that come through this office, probably uh, on average a couple a day. Yeah. I mean, because we're closing yeah. well over 20 a month, sometimes over 30 a month. Um, yeah, it's a lot. that's a lot so, of deals. Uh, so uh, you, you guys see the repetition of people who does well and can close on deals and uh, oh, have yeah. experience. Uh, for new beginner investors, what kind of advice do you give them? I mean, do you, do you, I mean, do you show them? Is that the common mistake is just coming with too high, too high valuation? Um, they're too optimistic on the repairs? Is that all come to... Some of the common mistakes yeah. people see, new investors? I think the biggest mistake I see that we see from, from uh, new investors are they don't have the repairs priced correctly. That they, they're going to do, trying to do more than they can really do for that amount of money they're, they're trying to do it for. Um, and, and I think every new, new investor, we, we tell them that should, should hire a turnkey general contractor, mm-hmm. at least on the first few properties because... Uh, Unless you've got a construction background and you you got that you know those skills and that skill set, then mm-hmm. you need to hire. It, it, you should hire a, a contractor that's going to get that house done 100 percent for you. And there are several of them that, that we know that, that do a good job. That, uh, they may not be the lowest cost up front, but they'll probably be the lowest or the lowest price up front. But they'll they'll probably be the lowest cost in the long run. Right. Because right? they're going to get it done quicker. They're going to get it done right. Um, and you can sell it or rent it or whatever you're doing and, and get down the road. Uh, 
so we do that a lot. I think another thing uh, new investors have struggled with is making sure the ARV is, is where they think it is. So mm-hmm. we can uh, analyze it and look at it and determine what we think the ARV is going to be. Mm-hmm. If we can't, we have an appraiser that can give us a verbal uh, without costing us any money. Uh, but typically, we can look at it and determine what we think the, the after-repaired value is going to be. And that's what we base our loan off of. So if you're flipping it, we loan at 70% mm-hmm. of that after-repaired value. And, and so, and, and we have the final say on that ARV. I mean, mm-hmm. We get an appraisal, but we're the lender, so we, we can, we can uh, do what we want with that ARV. Yeah, that definitely helps with the flexibility uh, for, for fix and flipper, especially in the like an up and coming area or something that's the neighborhood that's changing. You know, the investor in the past, you know, six to twelve months may not reflect the valuation that's coming up or the changing valuations uh, right. uh, in the neighborhood, right? Right, but but that that's kind of tricky there. Yeah. Because uh, you know, when we have banks, we draw our money down from bank lines that we have, so mm-hmm. we have to justify the values to them, and typically with an appraisal. Um, but we don't want to speculate on the future of what that the value is going to be down the road because we don't know. All yeah. we know is what it was in the past, in the very recent past. Right. Um, so we don't want comps that are too old. We want them as current as possible. And uh, <clears throat> but we we don't you know, we have the final say on uh, the appraised value. Mm-hmm. So right. typically on rent rentals, uh, we're going to go with that appraisal just about every time because they're usually accurate. And the way that we do it is that appraiser is a lot of times the guy that's doing the second appraisal on the on the uh, permanent loan so there's no difference in values that, and that's been a problem in the past and that's a problem still for some people you get a, a value from your hard money lender then you go to refi and you get a different value and if it's lower that borrower has to make up that difference well yeah with our program the way we do it we don't we don't have that problem typically because it's the same guy on both loans right right yeah yeah, I know from the first experience. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I guess really, uh, you know, that for, for, for a new investor, if they go into an area that they're not really familiar with, you know, I guess it's just, it's good to know, um, you know, not only the past, but they, they had to justify to you, like, hey, you know, there's three or four lots that are being developed, maybe it's up and coming area. Um, you guys have to look at that too, uh, if, there, if that's something that's really happening or not, right? We do, but <laughs> the value is still going to be based on what's sold. sold. Yeah, um, we may feel great about it, and we may stretch our maybe our loan to value a little bit because we're believers in that area. Yeah, but we're not going to really change the value too much. Right, um, but we may we may uh, get liberal with some other things. Right. Have you seen the uh, post Harvey? The has, has those neighborhoods uh, come to come come up come back to the historical um, ARVs or Price. Meyerland and yeah, exactly. I mean, I think some have, but I don't think all of them have. And I think Meyerland's got definitely got issues. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, this is just my opinion, but Meyerland is not going to go away because it's too good of an area. Mm-hmm. But some of those houses have flooded three times, so I don't think those values are ever going to you know come go back where they were. But the land is is not going to depreciate. And, and the play is going to be new builds or raising those houses. But this is my opinion. Again, those raised houses, they just don't look very good to me. When they, they <laughs> when take they... a one-story house and raise it up seven yeah. or eight feet. And, and it just it just doesn't look good to me. But I think there'll be a lot of new construction over there, and, th- and that'll, be th- that'll be the play over there. Right. Yeah, I guess with new construction, they, they have more retention areas where they, they, kind of they, they spec it. So that it's you know when they can build a house up off the ground and, and you know, make it look right architecturally right, but to take a house that was designed to sit on the ground and raise it up eight feet, I think it's hard to make that look very good architecturally. Yeah, the ones I've seen anyway. Yeah, so and it's not like, cheap. No, it's not. Yeah, I mean they're talking about six figures so right. easily to uh, easily yeah get something like that done. Depends on the square foot of your house and everything. So. Um, and uh, I think another uh, you know area where it trips up a lot of uh, you know investors, there's I mean with all the new HGTV shows and everything else, there's more people 
coming onto the market, right? There's, you know, we have more wholesalers. Uh, some of the deals are questionable uh, when you get deals from wholesalers. Um, is that something you guys have seen too? With people bringing deals are just not, I mean, do you guys? All the time. Yeah. And I think that's the, the cycle. We're at the top of the cycle. Mm -hmm. When you see people paying 80, 85 cents on a dollar for investment property, then I think that's a very strong indication that we're at the top of the of the, the, the cycle that real estate's always in and that there's more buyers than there is product. And there's definitely more people generating interest in real estate with the meetups and the gurus and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of people that are coming into this industry and the TV shows, you're right, because mm -hmm. you watch it on TV and it looks really easy, but it's it's really not. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you got, you got more people in this space than there were 10 years ago, for sure, and less product as well. Yeah. So that drives the price up. Yeah. I mean, does that make your business more challenging? Because you have so many new people, no entrance into the business that bring so-so deals, or does it actually make your, I mean, now there's more deals that people are bringing to you guys and say, hey, I want to flip, I want to flip. Um, I mean, where, where do you guys see your, I mean, so we, we don't really, haven't seen really a decline in the number of deals coming to us. Mm -hmm. What we see are people bringing a lot more money to closing. Mm -hmm. It costs more money to play the game now. Yeah. Um, so there's still a lot of deals. There's just more people after them. And so that drives the price up. And by the time it comes to us, then, you know, it, 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 it costs you some money to buy, buy a house. Typically the, the. You know, the old rule is 70 cents on the dollar. We don't see many of those anymore. Occasionally. Right. Maybe 10 years ago. I mean, so five, six years ago, there's, the deals are still there. But yeah. Out of the 20 to 30 deals we close, I, I probably see four or five that, you know, around 70, within 75, mm -hmm. would cover purchase price, repairs, and closing costs. So mm -hmm. literally, they're bringing zero to the table. But those are getting far and fewer between. Yeah. As they mentioned. Yeah, but and, they're out there. They are eight, there. ten years ago. That that was the norm. Pretty easy to do, right? Yeah, I mean, I think until the next crash. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be tough, and nobody knows when that's gonna come. In. Right, you know, right. I think the economist's been predicting that recession for the last two or three years now, right. <laughs> rising interest rates and this and that. But uh, uh, really, timing the market is, you know, it's always a difficult thing to do. Um, Yes, it is. Yeah. Do you guys do you guys kind of hedge yourself? Um, you know, in terms of or maybe doing less deals, holding less stuff in the inventory, or uh, making sure or make your t numbers tighter. Uh, just in the, you knowing that this is kind of the you know pretty frothy market. Well, we hedge ourselves by our loan to value, seventy percent on flips, seventy five on rentals. Yep. Um, and another way that we hedge is is uh, choose our borrowers, our customers carefully. We, we want someone that can weather the storm, right? Yeah, um, especially so, on a flip. Yeah, and, and a lot of our business today is rental property. And so those are uh, much safer for us because the how they're getting out of my loan is defined already. They're already approved with one of our mo mortgage partners. Right. Um, and, and the flip, so when we do a flip, we just want to be careful of who we're uh, doing business with. Um, because there's, there's a lot of good guys out there that do flips, and then there's some that have come back to bite us. So I think we're probably a little smarter there in, in that area now than we were 10 years ago. Yeah, for sure. And that could just come with you know experience and dealing with people right. and doing doing deals. For sure. Yeah. Um, so you guys, you know, I think you guys bring a lot to the table for the for investor. You, you know, you have general contract you guys work with. You know, you have on the on the permanent side, you have you know, uh, mortgage company you guys work with. Um, who else should the investor uh, talk to, I mean, to get on their team? You know, I guess insurance, inspectors, and what yeah, are some of the key people? Title companies. Uh, well, usually the title companies picked by the, the wholesaler or the agent, whoever they're getting the deal from. But, but definitely, yeah, you need a contractor, you need an insurance agent. And, uh, you know, somebody that is, uh, got a good reputation for as a contractor, you know. Right. For sure. But I, I think most important, you need a mentor. Um, <clears throat> in the beginning. For sure. Somebody that's brand new and knows nothing about real estate, 
um, you know, there are some guys around town and some organizations mm -hmm. that, that uh, you know, if you're brand new, you need to go to these meetups and network and meet people and, and spend a lot of time studying this business before you jump in. Yeah. And then uh, I think that's pretty easy to do because people in this business are pretty open. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of people that will help you. You know, there's a lot of people that will help you, and and they want you to help them, which is uh, what it's kind of all about, I guess. Um, and then there's some organizations that are really good, ones that we, you know, we do a lot of business with with their members mm -hmm. um, that uh, are really good. So that that would be my advice: find a mentor, go to the meetups, meet some people, find some some people you click with that you can you can network with and, and learn, you know, learn the the biz. And uh, eventually, you got to pull the trigger. Though I think there's a lot of people that that uh, come look and go to meetups and have a hard time pulling the trigger and buying that first deal. Cause yeah, it's hard to win by yourself, and it's yeah. definitely a, a team sport. Yeah. Um, just like a, just like you mentioned earlier, general contractor. You, just because you're, you know, you find the lowest cost, it doesn't mean always is the best product for you long term. That's right. I think finding a mentor, same thing. You know, sometimes you're paying a little bit for the team that they provide and the, and the resource right. they provide, but in the over long term, it probably save you money on rehabbing costs and missteps and you know, financing things like that. So there's definitely benefits to joining those groups and right. and you know I, I recommend you check them out, speak to other members, um, and uh, know what you're getting into. But at the same time, you know, go to re meetups and, you know, talk to people and see what's up, what available out there. Right? For sure. That's yeah. the best way. Yeah. And, and some people are just more just reading books and uh, listening to podcasts and just putting the information that way, too. Um, but I think this is a networking business. You got to know the people. You got to, you know, get in the ground and talk to them and shake some hands at the same time. Right. right? Um, right. Uh, it's always good to have people who have done it before. Because you got to find a deal eventually. You got to find that first deal you're going to buy. So you know where are you going to do that? How are you going to do that? Um, right. That's another good reason to network. Uh, yeah. To go to these meetings. It's... You can't find deals on MLS anymore. Right? Not, not good ones. Well, you <laughs> can, but it's rare. <laughs> yeah. You can if you know what you're doing. If you're if you're very skilled at it, but you can't just jump on there and type in a neighborhood and think right. you're going to find a deal today. No. Yeah. I mean, you it's a thousand and one deals, and as soon as the deal pops up, you, it's, you know, it's gone. Uh, minutes, so yeah, it's tough. Yeah, we have some uh, bird dogger guys uh, that send us lists. You know, like wholesalers somebody. basically. Yep. I mean, you know, yeah, and, yeah, and we'll send those out. You know, if somebody's looking for a deal. I think a lot of people in this business start by buying from wholesalers because that's uh, that that's kind of where you're going to find deals mm -hmm. to start until, unless you know how to go find your own and until you, you meet people and associates that you can you know get deals from then you're going to have to buy them from wholesalers more than likely and the wholesalers will have sorry to add, uh, the, the ARV mm -hmm. what they think it is mm -hmm. the purchase price and what they think the repairs are uh, and so you have kind of have a general idea okay well this this one fits within 70 or 75 percent mm -hmm. Uh, the numbers jive now let's let's dive into it and that's really look at it so then you do your due diligence to make sure that that is the deal that they right are, are saying it is right so. yeah yeah i think the wholesalers there's more and more of them i get a lot of you know stuff in my you know, email and uh um you can't really taste them at face value you know who the good wholesalers are and right. they really have put up with good numbers but um you really have to do your own diligence and see you do and, and you got to go meet them i mean you don't want to be the guy that's just on a list looking at deals coming across your computer you got to go build relationships with those wholesalers or to get to the where you really get something you can buy and then they'll cherry pick a deal for you you know right as you get to know, know those people yeah there's probably deals that they get they probably won't even hit the email list right, right. No they, doubt. they know people that are going to buy and they just call them up hey right. joe i have a deal for you and right do you want house. it right yeah. yeah so uh yeah definitely go out and meet some people and uh, get to know them and that's how you really get the uh uh, things are truly off market because mm -hmm. everybody, everybody says they're off market, but right, yeah. Uh, okay, and and speaking of you know more entrance in the market in, in the marketplace, you have you know a lot of wholesalers, you have new investors, and there's more uh, more money coming into more capital coming into the marketplace too. I get emails from 
mainlanders from Austin, from Dallas, right? They says, hey, you know, use our service. How do you guys differentiate yourself from other hard money lenders uh, in this area or, or nationally? Well, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, and we, we just approach it like, like this. Like, we want repeat business from our clients, so we want to treat them in a way that's going to want them to do multiple deals with us. So we, we don't necessarily have much more than all these other guys have. They all kind of got the same product. Um, and we differentiate a little bit with our rental program and um, the cost of that. Um, but we, 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 want to, we, want, we want to provide great customer service. We want to build relationships with our clients. And we want them to come back the next time they need a loan, come back to us and, and build our business by, that way by providing better service and uh, creating word of mouth business from people you know, that will spread the word about us. That, that we've done well for yeah um and that's just kind of how we approach it just one one brick at a time and do the right thing every day and treat people how you want to be treated and be ethical and honest and uh, do what you say you're gonna do okay yeah yeah no and that and then you know you guys bring a lot more local experience right i mean somebody who's talking to you versus somebody talking to somebody in dallas is they might Sure. Look at numbers on a spreadsheet and you know tell you yes or no, but you guys can really you know right yeah know yeah. the situation and, for sure right and and the, and the neighborhood much more closely. Um, so tell me about a, a, a you can talk about a good deal or a bad deal you know something that happened recently that you guys um, learned something from you know I guess people like to hear the bad stories or do you say, do you have somebody who really messed up on their valuation or their estimates recently that you can talk about some numbers um no names any bad stories david i mean we have we have <laughs> surprises every day yeah. i'm trying to think of something that, that really really sticks up and, we're and just challenging us we're just a challenging situation where maybe 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 the turnout their turnout was good i mean it is you know something they had overcome a hurdle or um, I, I mean, l little things pop up all the time, like values don't come back where they should. Um, a big one is, is uh, issues, title issues pop up at the 11th hour all the time. There's an heir in, in California that has to sign off in this deal and, and they're, they're, they're crying foul. And things like that happen all the time. Um, but bad deals for us is when, when, <laughs> when we have to take a property back um, and foreclose. Yeah, and and that doesn't happen that that often. That, thank God, but um, when it does, it's a uh, yeah, that's a little bit kind of challenging. And because now we've got to pay any taxes that weren't paid, mm -hmm. we've got to do any repairs that may need to be done. We got to market that property. We got to sell that property. We got to pay the closing costs. We got to pay realtor commissions, and we got to hope that that. 70% loan to value that we, we lent at, that there, there's enough room there for us not to lose money. And uh, so th that's, that's the bad situations that, 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 uh, that I see. Yeah. We have challenges though every day with every loan, yeah. things that pop up, probably the loans we did with you. Yeah. I'm sure something oh, popped yeah. up, huh? <laughs> was, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. There's always something. That's right. Um, so, well, we've had I've had uh, recently uh, uh, we were talking about you know the partners that we have usually we share the same appraiser and lady wanted to use her her own uh, mortgage company permanent lender and they came in twenty thousand dollars less and so then she had to come back through us to go through yeah. know, our lender and and sometimes that if you get somebody just not familiar with the the investment industry and what we're doing and rehabbing and you know, looking at the same comps uh, uh, equally, then you could have a huge fluctuation, which doesn't happen often, but it, it can happen, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, I think every, that's why it's good to have a relationship with your lender. And so if you do come across hurdles, you can talk to them and say, hey, you know, I'm running across this situation, what should I do? Right. You know, and after a number of times you can you know, get to trust that Absolutely. person and they can work with you uh, on those situations. They can say, hey. Or if you, you want, want to call them up and say, hey, what do you think about this property? You think this thing's really worth $130,000? Yeah. Then we, we can give you our opinion pretty real quick. Yeah. So. I mean, it just in terms of 
estimates. Is it would you say default rates at historically? Is, is it? Oh wow, uh, maybe uh, two, 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 three percent. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that just come from make sure you get you doing a good job vetting the deal upfront, and that really helps, right? Um, right. But I, I think it's uh, unavoidable. I mean, there's an old saying that if you're in the lending business, you're gonna you're gonna have some bad loans. Yeah, that's just the way it, it it's just the way it works. So, yep. Well, you really want to have these deals vetted because uh, a lot of these wholesalers want twenty five hundred or three thousand dollars non refundable deposit. So before you lay that money down, hmm. you know we know you need to look at it, look at it quickly. Sometimes these good deals can go in two hours. So. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody calls me and says, "Hey, I, I'm you know looking at this wholesale deal. What do you think?" I mean, I pretty much drop everything, look at it, and uh, if I'm available, you know, at my desk for sure. Yeah, so. it, it, as much as five thousand dollars, they got it. Some, some are five. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's. I mean, nowadays, it's really to lock a deal up, and they, the wholesalers on mm-hmm. want a big piece of skin uh, to to get that. Uh, thing locked up. Some big fees we see these days that we didn't used to see. Yeah. Were, well, you would think that with more, you know, people under knowing the market and people more doing mailing lists, more people cold calling, the fees would come, the wholesaler fee would come down a little bit, but um, still. They got too many buyers. <laughs> they do. <laughs> people are willing to pay up. Yeah. Uh, uh, I guess. Yeah, it's good for them, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what attracts the, and it's good for the, it's good for the market, right? You have people who are wanted to get these houses, distressed houses, off the market and, you know, fix them. And good for the neighborhood, too. I mean, more, whether it's rentals or fixed and flips, you can turn around the neighborhood around. We can do, like, 10 lots, 15 lots on the streets. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, I think it's, you know, good for Houston to uh, uh, not let people dilapidate houses sit around, whether you turn them to, you know, stores or rental properties or whatever. Right, absolutely. So, uh, even people are making money. You shouldn't be complaining when wholesalers are making money because, um, they're providing value, and you know, as a fix and flip, you just got to make sure you count that into your numbers. And well, it makes you know. Let's say the wholesaler was making fifteen grand, you know, as a as a fee, mm-hmm. but he may have spent ten thousand dollars on mailers just to get that one deal. Right. You know? Yeah. It's not like just you know one, one for one. You right. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what other ways can uh, new investors uh, go out and find deals besides wholesalers? Do you recommend them? Do drive for dollars and what realtors, what? uh, yeah. you know, other realtors, you know, yeah. that are out there, you know, making connections with other realtors and yeah. they're they're seeing things and they they may see uh something in a neighborhood where it's an estate sale or yeah. or what have you, and and they'll go they'll call you before they put it on the market. Yeah, hey, I got this deal, you know, uh, would you be interested? Yeah, talk to as many realtors as you can, yeah. try to identify the ones that deal in investment property because they don't all yeah uh, talk to as many wholesalers as you can that's how it would start in the very beginning and, and then things like driving for dollars and yeah and, and you know I have some rental property myself and um, <laughs> I get no less than probably five phone calls and five texts and a couple letters in the mail every week from people that want to buy my houses um, and so, I, I suppose that's successful. I don't know, um, but I get I get voice messages all the time. Hey, just want to let you know we're buying a house in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You want you're interested in selling yours? I get letters that say the same thing. I get texts that say basically the same thing. So, I think there's a lot of different tactics, and um, I don't know how many of them are successful. But I know wholesalers, realtors. Is a great place to start, mm-hmm. and uh, you got to get your feet wet and get in the game, and then you can learn all those other tricks and tactics. But yeah, the fastest and 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 best way I think is that way: right. wholesalers and realtors. Okay, and uh, I think you mentioned the uh, uh, one of those associations or the one with you know four fee membership group. They also have their own kind of their own uh, network of agents that can bring deals too, right? They, they can probably, if you know, get to know those people and join them, join a group, they probably have their own, like, you know, where the landlords want to sell to other members or... Absolutely. You know. I mean, that's the other thing. Us wholesalers and realtors, if you want to go the, you know, go by yourself, yeah, 
But the other way, and, and it may be a better way, is to find one of those groups that fit that you fit in. Yeah. Um, because they're kind of one-stop shops, right, that will show you, show you everything. Yeah. But I think there's a pretty big price to pay some of those for that. And uh, probably worth it. Maybe worth it. Um, yeah. Okay. And um, just so let's, let's have a ballpark idea, uh, what does it cost for, for hard money loan, um, for a fix and flip? Typically, um, typically us and most everyone else is going to be around a three percent origination fee. Um, that's three percent of the loan amount. Twelve-ish mm-hmm. um, percent interest rate. Um, you know, anywhere from ten to fourteen. Let's say mm-hmm. we're typically around twelve. Um, closing costs are going to be eight, nine hundred thousand dollars from the lender, mm-hmm. plus an appraisal, which is. 450 these days, 400, 450, um, plus attorney fees, and that's for the attorney to draw the docu- documents and closing docs. Mm-hmm. That's a pass through for us, that's 350. We need a survey, that's four, three, four, five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the closing cost yep. that, that uh, the title company is going to, you know, all the escrow fees and all that stuff. Gotcha. So, yeah. So, 3%, is that upfront or? Do, do something pay to closing okay all of those fees are paid at closing okay so uh about on the buy and hold do, do sometimes do, is it a different program for buy and hold investors it is our, our program is a two percent origination fee mm-hmm. and it's a seven percent interest rate for a limited time but at that time is long enough for you to get the house rehabbed and refinanced mm-hmm. but you have to be approved with one of our mortgage partners um, and the reason for that is is so that, that you can get in and out of our loan quick because when you close with us, they're going to immediately, our, our partner's going to start the refi and they're going to get everything done and gathered up except the appraisal for the second loan uh, waiting on the rehab to be finished. And when that's done, they're going to get that appraisal and they'll close. And usually that's done in 60 days or less. Mm-hmm. Close on mine, rehab it refi out and you're gone out of my loan in 60 days or less yeah yeah i can speak to that i mean i'm I, you know right now i'm financing a deal you know as soon, as soon as rehab is done i let them know and they got to repraise out there next week and uh, i'm closing within two weeks right. after that so yeah. um it's definitely a very smooth process uh working with somebody who's you know worked with you guys before right so it's a very successful for us and uh, we're uh, we want more of those okay <laughs> good um, so, you know, where do you see yourself in, you know, five, ten years? Do you guys uh, want to, do you guys have a long-term business goals? Five, ten years. Um, probably still here doing this. Um, hopefully we will have expanded into a couple of markets by then. Yeah. You know, right now we're in Houston, have a full-time guy in San Antonio, uh, and he handles Austin as well. Um, but I, I think there's a couple other markets we'd like to be in and uh, grow this business here. I think there's more market share for us to grab here. Mm-hmm. And um, that, yeah, that's it. Grow our business. We've, we've grown our business every year since we've been in business. And uh, so want to continue that and expand into a couple more markets. Yeah, David would probably be retired and on a beach somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> How about all that? <laughs> all of our goals. Fishing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, our you know we're we're trying to get more involved and and, mm-hmm. and do things like this more and and uh, reach more people and and uh, you know let them know that we're we're here to help you know people new people getting started, yeah. analyzing deals. Uh, we're also investors ourselves. Uh, David's flipped a couple houses here, I think, uh, last couple of years, and then I've got some uh, rentals as, as well. And it's, so we, we we know what people are dealing with and what they're seeing and what's out there. You know, we're right. we're on the streets as well, uh, so we can give some good feedback on that. But yeah, we just want to continue building those relationships and yeah, and succeeding. So yeah, like I said I've been with Red Door nine years and hope to be with them another another fifteen till I retire. <laughs> yeah. And, and Houston is such a dy- dynamic market where, you know, you have, uh, you know, we've been on 
40, I 45, there's it's going underground and there's all these parks and you know developments going on. So, a lot going on. Yeah, so it's definitely definitely very dynamic market and there's a lot of growth going. Uh, we're, we're blessed to be in this market. Yeah, uh, and and blessed that real estate is the way it is here. I mean, yeah. uh, there are some markets you can't you can't buy rental property because yeah. the numbers don't make sense. You can't make a cash flow. No, right. no, yeah. yeah. I mean, all the major coastal cities. In Chicago, Austin, mm-hmm. Texas. Yeah, Austin, Texas. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah, in Texas, right here. Yeah. Right. Uh, and people, some just people buy on appreciation, negative cash flow. It's uh, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. Uh, but hey, uh, that's where really, as a lender, you kind of worry, right? You, you, sure. Uh, people are doesn't have that cash flow and just uh, speculating. Yeah. Right. Then, then if the market crashes, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great. So now we're going to talk about general uh, topics. I know you guys are busy. You guys have you know rental properties. You got multiple business going on. How how do you manage your time? You know people who uh, you know have jobs and want to do investing. You know I have a full time job. Um, you know how do you, you know how do people you know should manage their time? Do you guys have any tips? Strategies? As a, a real estate investor. Yeah. Yeah, uh, boy, it, it, it would help to be disciplined about managing your time. Yeah. Um, and if you have a full-time job, then, you know, dedicate so many hours a week. But it, it, And you're definitely going to have to dedicate weekend hours to that. Um, at least Saturday. Maybe uh, uh, some time during the week learning, going to a meetup or something like that. And then uh, Saturday spend some time out in the field looking at property and maybe doing driving for dollars like you were talking about which is basically looking for vacant property and chasing down the owner mm-hmm. um so yeah that's uh you just got to dedicate some time to it whether that's eight hours a week ten hours a week five hours a week whatever it is to you and I don't, everyone's gonna have different goals but um uh, dedicates a a fair amount of time to, to studying the business. Right. Do you guys manage your own properties? Uh, do you guys have property managers that help you alleviate some of the day-to-day uh, tasks at talking to tenants or signing leases? So David manages his, but I have a property manager yeah. that does mine. Yeah. Um, just because I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they provide, I mean, just like any, you know, relationship you have, you, you, you pay somebody to do that whether it's 10% or 100 bucks a door. I mean, right. they help take care of a lot of stuff that you don't have to, you know, spend your nights and weekends and they, they, they help keep you a, a P&L and they help you talk to the tenants and renewals and stuff like that. Exactly. So, uh, well, you can have more time doing sourcing deals or, you know, making new relationships. So, yeah, I think pros and cons. You, you get to a certain point and you, you got to have that. I yeah. mean, you get, you want to manage two or three houses. Okay. And if you're doing it full time, maybe you manage ten houses, something like that. But there's gonna get you're gonna get to a point where you just you gotta you gotta turn that over to someone and manage them if you uh, you want to stay sane. Yeah, in my opinion. But I don't know. I knew, I knew a guy. We we did a we financed a little small apartment to this guy a few years back, mm-hmm. and he was an older gentleman, and he had been in that business a long time, and he owned a lot of doors, and it was all smaller apartments and he was uh he managed it all himself but he, he was a he was a tough guy man i mean he went and collected rent and kind of you know knock on the door hey where's my rent and uh, yeah he did it all himself so there's a lot of ways to do it uh, how many doors did he manage uh, it, it was you know maybe a couple hundred wow but it, and it was uh all small apartment complexes yeah. maybe what it was at least a hundred maybe what a couple hundred. yeah but it was still yeah it was more than i would want to do Right. Do he ha- do he have any W two employees or or? He had a couple managers at a couple of the the properties. Yeah. Um, but like you know, been managers. It was a, it was a, it's just kind of what you conjure up in your mind when you think about a landlord and and uh, you know guys coming this week to collect the money and it's usually cash he's collecting and that kind of deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's something that's not for novices. I no. Mean, if you're a new no. investor. You want to get somebody who's you know check their credit score, check their background, sign the lease. And, right. You know, yeah. Today there's so much available to you to do a background check on somebody is easy yeah. and it's not expensive and you know this guy was old school and 
background check was when you know he interviewed you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just shake a hand. Right. Yeah. Okay. Before we wrap up, uh, anything else I forgot to mention? You guys want to talk about about Red Door or our money lending in general? I think I'm good, David. No, I think we pretty much covered uh, covered everything. We just uh, we appreciate you coming in, letting us do this, and uh, you know, getting appreciate the exposure and uh, you taking the time to do it. No, for sure. You know, I think our goal is kind of you know, help educate our members and anything we can do to you know to get more the word out and what is what is hard money lending what is you know what's up what's how to get into real estate and how to be good at it and not just blindly kind of you know mess around and yeah right. it's not something that you want to dabble in you want to learn as much as possible and uh do it right and uh because you you it seems money easy to make money but at the same time you can lose a lot of money too if you don't do it right right yeah that's true yeah that's very true okay all right, this is a tough part. We're gonna to get to uh, the fun segment. Uh-oh. You guys ready? All right, what do you, Dave? Well, you can go first. Well, what do you do for fun? Ooh, well, I have a. Um, I like to fish. I have a home on the coast. I spend time with my family. I like to eat good. I like to cook. I like to hunt. Um, that's it. And follow some sports. I follow the local teams. You know, I, I, I'm a. Astros are doing well. Astros mm-hmm. are doing well. Uh, like baseball, it's probably my favorite sport for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's about it. It's uh, nothing all that exciting, but you know, like to just get away and enjoy life a little bit, hang out with family and friends, and have a few drinks and eat some good food. <laughs> Absolutely, doing yeah. all. Right. Uh, yeah, pretty much it's the same thing. Uh, doing a little bit of fishing, a little bit of hunting. Yeah. Uh, motorcycle riding, uh, Ducati. Is, my choice uh and then yeah just going out to dinner and you know, enjoying family yeah uh speaking of food um what's your favorite houston restaurant so th- that's uh, uh for me it is carabas on kirby mm. because that carabas is still owned by johnny caraba and it's not one of the chains mm. and it's that's a great restaurant very very good restaurant um, so that, that would That's have to be one. my go-to all-time favorite. There's But there's tons of them in this town. Oh, yeah. Good restaurants in this town. It's hard to pick. It is. It's yeah. very hard to pick. Yeah. So. Um, I would say for a steak would be Georgia James. And then for uh, you know, sushi or something would be Uchi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is the first time when nobody mentioned Tex-Mex. <laughs> that's kind of a given yeah, you know, yeah it's true a couple times a week so. yeah. <laughs> breakfast tacos yeah but uh if you're talking about Tex-Mex then they just opened a um out here in in Stafford over El, there El Tempo, El Tempo yeah. which mm-hmm. I think is the best Mexican food Tex-Mex yeah. in town that's pretty good yeah no that's definitely good yeah. uh any favorite books you recently read Ooh. um or podcast or blog, whatever you guys. Get yeah, your you know, I, I listen to some podcasts. Uh, well, I listen to one. It's called Bite Me, hmm. and it's about fishing. It's, that's why it's called Bite Me, and uh, so I think that that's a very good one. And then, and I read a lot of uh, read a lot of uh, news and think in fishing magazines and stuff like that. Um, I haven't read a book lately, but. Uh, yeah, I would say uh, never split the difference. Uh, I've been doing yeah. the audio book. I've already listened to it once. It's yeah. kind of a, he's a uh, uh, ex-FBI uh, negotiator. Right. And so you, you really have to, he just did a seminar here uh, in Houston. He charged uh, 2000 a person to attend this Friday and Saturday class. It was just last weekend. And uh, anyway, I've got the. Uh, the audio book, which yeah. is, is good, but it's it's you have to listen to it a couple of times for it to, to yeah. sink in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's also that's how real good books are. You know, the good books you have to really go back maybe like yeah. once a year to kind of you know you get something different out of it every time. Well, I do the audio book. Yeah. Know, so I'm driving down the road. It's like I've got a college on wheels. You know, <laughs> I'm just yeah, I've done that. Yeah. Um, last one. Favorite Houston attraction. Uh, probably the barbecue cook-off. Okay. Um, we got rodeo on here. It kind of goes. That's right. Kind of the same thing there. Um, 
Yeah, I'll go with that one. David, you you picking the zoo or what? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, uh, it's not a Houston thing, but I, I try to do the the Renaissance every couple of years. Right. You know, it's coming uh, up. Different, definitely uh, interesting uh, people watching and good food and some entertainment. Yeah, yeah, we yeah we have a lot we of kind of call that Houston. Yeah, and we have a lot of barbecue cook-offs here too, and it's it's been a big thing the last couple of years, and people. The food festivals and yeah yeah uh, yeah yeah the, the arts the Houston arts festivals uh, coming so out. I'm on a cookoff team, and oh. Red Door Funding sponsors that team as well. One of the sponsors, so uh, yeah, you can come out this year and have some barbecue. What's uh What's the next one you guys cooking at? We we do this team just does the Houston rodeo. Okay, gotcha. Oh, okay, so, yeah. Wow, that'd be good. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna check that it's out. Three nights of a kind of kind of craziness. <laughs> yeah, now there are people doing like whole hogs and you know, oh yeah, all kinds of different stuff. So uh, things blowing up. Um, okay, so how do people find out more about Red Door or you guys? Uh, reddoorfunding.com. Um, you can call if you want to talk about us, you know, uh, doing a loan. Eight three two five three nine ten ninety nine. Ask for David Hoke or David Williams. Um, if you're yeah. in San Antonio, we have a guy there. We'll Maybe. point you in that direction. Um, but yeah, we have a Facebook page, and David and I both have Facebook pages, but we're not real great at that um, Facebook stuff. Um, you can reach but, me on my cell phone too at two eight one two five three seven one two three. So uh, a lot of times I'm out in the field looking at deals, uh, analyzing deals, and so you know. If you need to reach me there, you can. Uh, if you can't reach me at the office, yeah, definitely. Uh, I know you're responsible to tax too, so uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely reach out to these guys, and I'll I'll leave their numbers and website on the on the show notes. So perfect. Definitely appreciate you guys coming to the podcast. Thank yeah. you guys very Thank much. Thank you very okay. much. Thanks again to David Williams and David Hoke for joining us on the podcast. Hard money certainly isn't for everyone in every situation, but it's another alternative for funding and can be used successfully if you have done your homeworks. If you want to learn more about Red Door Funding, please see the contact information listed on the show page below. As always, thanks to Bandsound for Prime Music, and thank you so much for listening, and see you next time.